0: Welcome to SickCast, brought to you by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path.
1: This episode of the SickCast is from a live webinar titled "Love, Devotion, and I," featuring presenters Inikor and Just One Singh. The event originally aired on February 12, twenty twenty-two. Thank you for joining today's webinar hosted by the Sick Research Institute. This webinar will begin with a moderated discussion between our panelists today, after which we'll have some time for Q&A from the audience. So please drop your questions in the chat box and be sure to include your name and city. Just to quickly introduce our panelists today, today we have Innie Gore who is the creative director at the Sikh Research Institute. To Innie, every single day is a celebration. Her writing is inspired by that same outlook on life as well as Sikh thought. While she writes anytime the spirit moves her, she thoroughly enjoys watching the clouds pass her, looking long, taking long mindful walks to appreciate nature's innate beauty, and painting abstract artwork. She's a passionate author, poet, and artist. Inikor resides with her family in the United States. And we have Dr. Jaswant Singh, who is a scholar of six studies. His immense love for Gurbani propels him to read, reflect, research, and share Gurbani's wisdom and understanding with the wider community. He currently serves as the, as the Director of Gurbani Research at the Sikh Research Institute. Notably, he is heading the Guru Granth Sahib project. To view the work being done by this team, visit gurugranthsahib.io. I will put the link in the chat soon. Uh, Jaswant Singh is a great traveler who enjoys visiting historical sites and currently lives in Faridabad with his family. I'll pass it on to our panelists now.
2: Thank you, Munvinder, for that wonderful and warm intro. Anu Singh Jay. it's such an honor to have you here with, with me today to talk about this topic, which is very near and dear to my heart. And thank you for doing that. Um, you know, love and devotion, these are very powerful words. So I want to explore these words with you through the lens of Gurbani. Love, though, is a, is a four-letter word, but it encompasses so much. So, just Sanjay, before we dive into what Gurbani is telling us, is showing us, is revealing to us, what is your understanding
0: of love and devotion? Mm, thank you for the intro and... Uh... I think you have rightly said um, love and devotion are very powerful words. Though in English, we use the word love and it is a four letter word, but in Hindi and Punjabi, its equivalent is prem which is two and a half letters. But you will see through our conversation today that that or it's another uh, synonymous term is pyar are much more stronger and deeper than, than the word we use in English love. And you might have heard this song Dhai Akshar Premke. And to me uh, when we when I hear these words love and devotion to me they express the gist of divinity and they they express gist of human life. And, and I see if You can say love is like a tender feeling of affection. Devotion is a dedication and implies selfless love. Mm -hmm. So to me, like, you know, love in its matured state, a little more concentrated state, you can call it, or a deeper state is devotion. They are interconnected. and, And they, I would say, you know, one is incomplete without the other. So love and devotion, they pair together, um, make our lives enrich they 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 make our lives, you know, beautiful, they make our lives blissful, and so on. Thank you,
2: yeah, and you know what you said is, I would agree with that because um, I think I'll share something. It is when devotion entered my life that. Um, I experienced love at a far greater depth, the magnificence and the vastness of love I experienced. You know, before that, love was just a very heady feeling. It was just, there was this high, which was good, which was great. Um, however, when devotion entered, there was a sweetness, uh, I would say a steadiness. and. If I may be so bold enough to say, there was like a deep knowing. Um, it was a different feeling. I, and it was through devotion that my expanse of love um, were, got deeper. And that the understanding and the experiences changed. You know, we both have shared our understanding, <clears throat> though very short because we could go on about what it means to the both of us, what love and devotion means to us. But in Gurbani, there are multiple words, and you touched upon that before, that convey this feeling. There's prem, there's neha, there's pyar, there's muhabbat, there's preet, there's ishq, there's rang. All these words invoke, at least for me, particular feelings, and they speak to a particular dimension of love. You know, Ishq is much deeper. One would not use this for the member of one's family. It is reserved for the beloved. Uh, now, I'm not going to get into whether the beloved should be a capital B or a lowercase B. Beloved is beloved, at least for me. So that's. can you speak about love and devotion in Barney for clarity, so that we are all on the same page and we bring our listeners along as well?
0: Yes, you have rightly said, you know, there are multiple words in Gurbani used for the term love and devotion. Um, But I also see, you know, the words used in Gurbani are wider and deeper than the English word love. Um, For the reason I was just looking into that, you know, uh, into the root words where this love is coming from and where the other words used in Gurbani, they come from and how do they the, what are their connotations and what sort of sense and meaning they convey when we use them. So when you look into the love, the word love, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's equivalent in Sanskrit and Hindi, would be lobe, which is also used in Gurbani. Yeah. And lobe means greed, desire. Mm-hmm. So the English word love is somewhere, you know, closer or, or you know, giving a sense of desire Giving a sense of greed in it. Whereas when we see in Gurbani, the Gurbani says, where there is greed, there can be no love. Yes. One of the contributors, Baba Freed, says, If there is greed, there is there is desire, there cannot be love. Mm. So when I looked into the uh, these various words you have just mentioned in Gurbani, so uh, like you know, Pyar. So when you look at the Pyar, Pyar is not just love, it also includes exhibit. It also exhibits kindness. When we look at the snail, the word sna includes grace, rang, as you have said, you know, color. So there is some sort of immersion into it, some sort of dying into something, you know. You are dyed with color. And ishq, muhabbat, they come from Arabic. Ishq is intense love. And muhabbat has a sense of friendship in, in, in love. So when we, I mean, just looking at the words and the meaning, they they include kindness, grace, they include in- intensity, they include friendship. And also uh, there's another interesting thing that in Gurbani, sometimes two words are used together. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that makes, you know, that how authors or the contributors of Gurbani, they want to have more impact of these words, they want to make them much more stronger. I mean, they are already, I feel they are already stronger than the word it's love, but when they are used together, like prem pyar hate pyar preet pyar look at them, you know, both, both means like love being used together, Ishka muhabbat, they're used together in Gurbani. So that makes it, I mean, much more interesting and, and tells us, that how the Gurbani uses these words and how Gurbani was, wants to you know, convey the message through words. Maybe like, you know, just praying is not enough. So mm-hmm. they use praying PR together to multiply their impact. So that's that's to me, at least, you know, is, is, is a very interesting thing.
2: Wow, I mean, that's so powerful. And we in, in English language are so poor with just one word, love, which, does not carry grace, Um, it carries friendship, but I don't know whether we, I guess there's an element of kindness, but that intensity, that depth, it's all missing, and then when you spoke about the two words, like preem bhakti, pau bhakti, it's so beautiful, so describe describe that for us, that what is this preem bhakti through Gurmani?
0: Okay, interesting, you know. Um, I just mentioned, you know, two terms together used mm-hmm. for love. Mm-hmm. And then we will see, you know, in Gurbani, uh, the term uh, pagati in English would be like de- devotion, we have been, uh-huh. you know, just talking about. So love and devotion. So if you ask in simple words, what is devotion? So I, I'm reminded of one of the beautiful talk from Gurbani, which explains in So simple, plain words. So, what is devotion? What is devotion to the divine? The Guru says, Guru Amar Das Pathsha's tok. he says, devotion to the divine is love for the divine. So, which means, and devotion also loosely can be translated like worship, you know, the ways, uh, different ways in people worship their deities. So, what is that worship? What is that devotional worship that you talk? The Guru says, you know, it's love. So Mm -hmm. being completely imbued with the object of your love or the deity or the divine, that is devotion. Which means if you're missing the element of love in devotion or if you're missing the element of love in worship, in prayer or in the service or whatever you do, then that's not... I mean, that devotion is an incomplete. And then, further, you know, I see this love and devotion also used in Gurbani together. As you have just said, you know, Pau mm-hmm. Pagati. So there's a beautiful line Pau Pagati Kar Nich Sada. Rather, it brings another, another element into it. Love, devotion, they should bring in the element of humility, humbleness. They should make you humble. So again, we just spoke about kindness, compassion and kind of things. So there's a, this niche Sada is like uh, uh, having love and devotion, being devoted, being in love and still feeling yourself humble. And there's another very, very interesting talk that you might have heard many times. And it's the talk is by Pagat Kabir. So he uses both Prem and Pagati together. And he defines what is Khalsa. So in this beautiful talk he gives the definition of Khalsa and he says, kabir jan pay khalsa. What made ordinary people khalsas? So he says, Prem pagat jani. Mm-hmm. Again, Prem, love, pagat, devotion. The one who experienced love and devotion, those who experienced and, and, and then lived their life in, this, in these elements of love and de- devotion, they became Khalsa they became pure and sovereign. And do you know, Iniji in Gurbani, there are many attitudes mentioned regarding devotion. What sort of devotion you can show, you can have towards your deity, towards Mm. the divine. Would you like me to explore a bit?
2: Absolutely. I mean, mean, you're a treasure. You're a goldmine. I want to pick your brain. I want our audience to really, uh, you know, Get a glimpse of the wisdom that you have. So it's a treat for us. Please, just one thing, to you.
0: Okay. Thank you. That's like I guess you are showing a little bit uh, extra love and kindness to me. Thank you. <laughs> Not extra. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is I I see it. You know these. You can call them different forms of love and devotion, or you can call them different attitudes. Mm-hmm. They are so enticing. You know they are so beautiful. And look at we we will see that when the authors or the guru, gurus contributors of Gurbani, you know, they are aware that they are different mindsets. They're different people. They are different behaviors of people. Mm -hmm. They are different sorts of people that they're coming from different, you know, uh, lifestyles. Right. And definitely they are different states of minds. So looking at all those things, there are at least, you know, I'm going to uh, share today's about four to five different attitudes. So let's begin with, you know, like a child. So we can call it the attitude of a child. I mean, when a seeker looks upon the divine as a parent, as a guardian, and he has that feeling that a child has for their parents. Mm-hmm. So you, you can, you know, recall a talk like Tu Mera Pita, tu Hai Mera Mata. Yes. So, I mean, there are many, many, many lines in Guru Granth Sahib which literally says, you are my father. O divine, you are my mother. So when we use, when we read these kinds of tokant, these kinds of lines in the Guru Granth Sahib, so they show us then the behavior or the attitude that we need to have, or at least you know we have, is like we are treating, we are considering the divine as a parent, as a mm. father or as a mother. And then we see there's another attitude called attitude of a servant. Like you consider yourself servant to the divine. You have that element of you know, service, and then you visualize the divine as all-powerful, all-knowing master, the owner, and you can recall, you know, the words das jan, you know, literally means slave, servant, your person. I'm your, I'm, I'm, I'm your man, like you know. And and on the other hand, you use the word swami. We see in the gurbani used swami, malak, owner, or master, and and like Atoka, uh, we can recall is Jananak Har ka hai. You know, Guru Nanak, you know, using these words, I am a servant of the divine. And all this uh, greatness you see in me, he says, belongs to the divine. So, I mean, these kind kinds of uh, sense when it comes in the Bani, so that shows an attitude of a servant. You can talk to the divine like a servant, like a person in service talk, so his, his boss, mm-hmm. his master. And then um, I was just looking at maybe, you know, when you are a little more matured, so you would like to uh, see the divine as your friend. You, would, you may say, you know, why should I behave? Why should I consider the divine as my father? Why should I consider him as my master? Why not as a friend? So there are plenty of lines in the Guru Granth Sahib where the seeker addresses the divine as his friend, rather a dear friend, a very close companion and there are plenty of words like mitr yar, meet sakha you might have heard this talk you know sona yar, hamare sajjan it's just like you know you're talking to your buddy you're talking to your to your you know some very close friend you say hey oh my friend just listen to me so these kind of words you know uh, uh, are of an attitude where you can talk to the divine you can communicate you can you know, share your thoughts and whatever, you know, like a friend shares with with another of his friends. And then a much more interesting is like the attitude of a lover. So this is where, you know, you fall in love. And remember, I mean, we see, we always say this, you know, that it's not enough to fall in love. You need to rise in love. So this love element we see throughout the Gurbani. So this attitude, the attitude of a lover, is like you know, like two lovers talking to each other, or uh, a spouses talk to each other, or a wife talks to talks to you know his wife, uh, his husband, a bride. You know uh, these kind of uh, words like kaman, nari, suhagan. All these words are used for bride. And on the other hand, kant, soho, barta. They are used for the, for the spouse. So we talk like, first establish your love and then think of adorning yourself because if you lack love, the adornment will not really help. So, so we see, you know, after friendship, there is this attitude of, Lover, where two lovers are having communication with each other. And then lastly, I would say there is another attitude which we can say, attitude of a devotee. You know, like a devotee now, he is content. He has a stable state of mind, not of that friendship, not of that servant, not of that lover. He has maybe, uh, you know, excelled himself or risen to a little higher state where he feels composed. What he wants is, he says, I don't want anything. I just want your grace. I just want your bliss. I just want, you know, to be content in my life. So he has no desires. So the, all the pagats, you know, they come into this category. And there is this beautiful talk, Pagat Aradhae Ek Rang. The pagats, you know, they have no desires, no expectations. They are in Ek Rang. They are you know, in a state which is very steady, which is Table and with a single minded love, they adore the divine. So, you know, you can see there are five uh, attitudes that I've shared with you mm-hmm. attitude of a child, of a friend, of a lover, of a devotee, and so on. May I ask a question, Aniji? If I ask oh, you which form oh, oh. you like to, to take, or which, what, what do you think, you know, which of these attitudes of forms uh, you feel. Are uh, closer to your heart, are closer to your personality. Wow! Uh, and it's why?
2: That's <laughs> a great question. Um, put me on the spot, but um, I think for me, it sways between a friend and a lover, and it depends on my state of mind. You know. Uh, because my relationship is part confessional, part negotiating. I'm always negotiating. Uh, part romantic. It's a combination of of the lover and the friend. It's that. It's definitely not of a child or a servant or a devotee. There's no way I'm there as a devotee because I still I'm still saying you know I want this and you know I'm questioning and I'm negotiating and. But for me, it's an intimate relationship. It is actually one of a great friend, and for great love. And it's about love that will take me. There's a complete trust that this love will take me to experience the beloved, the one. And it's with this that I will da- I will be there. It's it's um. It may be because I'm a romantic at heart, maybe because I'm constantly seeing, you know, the wooing and the seduction happening in nature all the time. And I want to be wooed and seduced by that. I mean, to me, it's the most natural thing, you know, to to see um, the, the sun rise and touch the, uh, the, the flower, the and the flower boughs, and the drop falls, the dew falls. And that, to me, is this, you know, all all night she's been waiting for this light, for this one to come in and graze her. And now he's the sun has come. He has come. The light has come. And she bows in gratitude, and and you know, and she, and so for me, when I see that in nature, for me, that's the great seduction, um, and that's where I want to be. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a, it's a lover and a, um, and a friend where you where I dare to ask, I I do question, not question so much, it is. Where I feel like, okay, I need to experience this, help me get through this. And you know, and there's this constant conversation and dialogue. But that's me. Dare I ask what your relationship is?
0: <laughs> I knew you were going to pass that. <laughs>
2: How could I pass that opportunity? You gave it, I mean, you asked me, I, and I think it's only fair that I ask you. Uh,
0: I think it's a good question. And, and I was just pondering upon and looking into myself, though in mm-hmm. my personal life I'm I'm quite romantic. <laughs> but to me, um, it's one, of course, of the, of the friend, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe from the very beginning when I was even a child, you know, I looked upon the divine, not as anything else, but like a friend. So I had no Mm -hmm. fear. I had, you know, I always thought, you know, if there is a chance, if there's an opportunity to appear before the divine, I can just go and say hello and, you know, can ask anything to him and and Mm -hmm. share my thoughts. Right. And the second I would be, I would say is of a devotee because Mm -hmm. Another thing that I, I see, um, as a, received as a grace, I should say, is like, uh, from the very beginning, I had no desire in my life. I had no expectation, at least from the divine. I always saw or experienced or felt that he has already given me so much. So there, there is nothing that I can ask uh, other than his love and other than his connection, other than his grace. So I feel these two, friendship and of a devotee, uh, are more closer to my heart. But I also feel, you know, that um, we can't categorize them that you can always feel this. I, I see that maybe in times like, you know, when you are in pain, you may feel like crying and you may feel like, you know, praying before the divine like a child and and maybe and in some some state of your mind you may feel the divine like you master and you would like to feel that you really want to be in service you really want to be devoted like a servant so i feel you know that in even in one person's life at, at the different state of mind at the different stage of life and even maybe in a, over a week's time or maybe in a day <laughs> You can feel different attitudes yes. that touch your heart and then make you, you you know, okay, maybe you are feeling differently in, in those moments of time.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but, I mean, I mean, you said that I don't have any, that you don't have any expectation. Well, I'm not quite there. I mean, it's like, for me, it's like, okay, you know, this is a bond you and I, you know, have, and there is... The expectation is that you will take me to experience what I need to experience, what I'm yearning to experience. And, you know, today's how come from Darabarsa was by Bhagavad Ravidas. And he says that this lifetime I have devoted to you. And that's touched me because that's, that's how I feel. It's like, this is the bond, it's you and I, and we are in for this ride. And no matter how long it takes, I'm with you on this, and you better keep me with you. And that's that, that uh, you know, way to speak to a friend. And that's that trust of that love, that I know it's you. So that, um, for me, is there. But just one thing, to, I know we were supposed to take questions afterwards but uh, there is a question which i think relates to this and if i may may i ask you that question
0: okay sure yeah
2: so um, what is the uh, this is i think uh, some uh, sunmeet kaur is asking what is the significance of yar and sajjan in same line and then mether and yar also uh, Guru Gobind Singh, Sabz, Barney's at le- le, you know at levels of intimacy. So I think probably you know the significance of Yar and Sajjan. So yeah, what 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 would you say to that?
0: Okay, yeah, I think that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Yar is definitely you know literally and otherwise the meaning is a friend, which is very close to your heart, and Sajjan literally like as we call gentleman, mm-hmm. but also used for a friend in Gurbani. Mm-hmm. So in this line, they are both synonymous, close to each other. And as we have just discussed before, the Guru Sahib uses two words together, Prem, Pyar. Mm-hmm. So in this line, he's using two terms for the same meaning, like when you say, oh, my friend, oh, my companion, mm-hmm. right? And even if we see, you know, there are sometimes three words together, Uh, meet, sakha, mittar, you know, they can be all together. Meet means also friend, sakha means also friend. So they are used to uh, show more closeness, you can say, or have a more impact on somebody, you know, when you're using two words together.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, right. And
0: and the uh, uh, the other line that the uh, the questioner has referred to, "Mitra Pyare Nuhal Murida," and I guess right. so. There too, "Mitra" and "Pyare." You see, oh, my loving Mitra, oh, my loving friend. Yeah. So these are the ways, you know, the Guru Sahib, and we see the uh, the, the contributors, you know, in the Gurbani, They refer to the divine, and they address. As, he, as, as the divine is very close to the heart, as somebody, you know, very well known and, and, and just like a friend.
2: So tell me just one thing, um, are love and devotion separate elements? Is devotion possible without love and vice versa? I know you said in the earlier that it's not possible, but I want to explore that with you.
0: Good, yeah. So I think um, though they are two words and we have two separate terms for them, love and devotion, and they are two elements attached to them, but still I feel they are connected with each other. They are progressive in nature, we can say. At least to me, this is how I feel. They complement each other and one is incomplete without the other. Mm -hmm. If uh, we say love is the first step, you know, and then I would say the devotion would be the second and further immersion into it or surrender would be the third. And and as we, I have said in the beginning, you know, love when it is not that ripe, or you can say love in a ripened state is devotion. When love has taken a stable state, has matured, has become like permanent, that's devotion. So that is why uh, you see, you know, the people, they fall in love, but after two years, after five years or so, they break away. But in the throughout the Sikh history and in the Gurbani and in the Sikh literature, we see the Sikhs, those who fell in love with the Guru, rather we would say, were devoted to the Guru or had that devotion, mm-hmm. they never broke away, away from the guru. So to me, you know, love and devotion are, though mm. two terms, but are very connected. And they are, you can say, they are uh, two sides of the same coin. Mm. Love would be incomplete without devotion, and vice versa. Um, may I ask, what, what are your thoughts? What do you think, you know, uh, these love and devotion, and do you think love and devotion can be expressed uh, to everyone on, on, on a human level? Or do you think, you know, love can be expressed and not devotion maybe? What are your thoughts?
2: Well, um, I think for me it is, you know, intellectually um, and what, I, what I'm working towards is that one needs to love all, right? Can you see the divine in all and love all? That's the intellectual understanding and my understanding. But in this practice, I do struggle. You know, that for me to love all, I come from that school of thought that um, there are plenty of, you know, there are things there, people there, creatures there, whatever it is, everything has the light in them. So if I look at the snake. And I'm saying, I accept you as you are, but I know in this lifetime, you and I cannot be friends. And that acceptance is there, but there's no love towards it. And there's definitely no devotion. And I was fine like that, just once in day, for it served, this thought served me well for many years, many, many years. Um, except in the last i think 4 or 5 years there was a tension in my um, in my life and um, and and i said i just need to treat i just need to accept this that this is the snake and i need to just walk away accept and and the guru said can you become the sandalwood tree so that the snake can wrap itself around you. Get the fragrance. Can you be that sandalwood tree? And for me, that was a turning point. I had never thought about being. It was much easier for me to walk away when things are um, when things are painful. When things hurt so bad, you know, the acceptance, I just need to walk away. I don't need to engage in this. But here, Guru was saying, become that sandalwood tree in the midst of all this was tough. So, that devotion bit and even that love then, so therefore for me, this became a little different that, yes, while I say I. I intellectually can say I love all. There's no way I can be devoted to all. Um, I can maybe, maybe accept all for and see that they are, um, they have the light, they are there with the grace. But am I loving all? I don't think I can at this stage in my life. The one that I'm devoted to is, has my complete devotion. And it's not because I chose that. It just happened. Unbeknown to me, it happened. So, because the devotion just flows. I don't know if that answered the question, but this for me has been, love and devotion has been something which it's because devotion entered that I understood that devotion is a component, you know, there is that expansion of love, and I understood that. But I don't think, just one thing, there is that I can be devoted to all.
0: I think you're right, you know. Um, when we say that we love all, so that definitely it's not, the sense is not, or we are not saying that we love everyone the way we love that we are in relationship with. Mm-hmm. That's definitely um, not, not feasible, you can say. that's That would be you know, something different. But I think when we say this, that let us love everyone. So this means uh, we are saying that let us show reverence to all. Or at least uh, in my case, I treat it like, okay, if if to me, if I have to apply this to me, love all, this would be that uh, let me not have any hatred towards anyone. Whether I dislike somebody or whether I'm not in in good terms with somebody, mm-hmm. whether I am not speaking to somebody, that, that may be the case, but I do not have any grudge, any hatred, any disliking within my heart. So to me, that is like, you know, uh, showing or not showing, or at least having that reverence or that having that sort of love to all. And because we see in Gurbani, Guru Sahib, and throughout the Bani, you know, Bani tells us to see the divine in everyone, Mm -hmm. to see the divine in, in, in everything you do. So for me, that is like having a reverence for everyone, that is like feeling a presence of the divine all around. So you care for, for, for everybody. You know, you have that sense of care that if there is a need, if there is somebody, you know, who needs your help, so you could go and help, irrespective of, you know, uh, you are connected with, with the guy or not, you know him or not. So I mean, to me, this is how I deal with these kind of things, mm. but, um i think what you said you know it is it is practically you know in in, in it would be hard to to love everyone the way we we love uh, the one that we are in relationship mm-hmm. well anigi uh, <laughs> let me ask you another thing oh
2: um, no i thought this was my, this was something which i was asking not you who were
0: asking me <laughs> no you can also ask this no issues uh, okay my question is Um, We hear people talking about human love and divine love, right? Do you think they are different or do you think they are one? And second question, uh, do you think can we experience divinity in love, in a human relationship? Hmm. And this question is related to, you know, the things that you have just spoken about your life and the experience you've gone through and so on. So maybe I thought you can have more sharings to to share with us. I know.
2: Thank you. It is a personal, I mean, the only way to answer is through a personal lens. Otherwise, it becomes an intellectual or a book understanding, and that's not who I am. I am no scholar, just one thing to you. I am just an ordinary person living an extraordinary life, Um, And it is through the experiences that, for whatever reason, I've been graced with. I mean, if you had asked me this question 10 years ago, maybe my answer, I'm sure my answer would have been different, very different. The idea, the notion of divine love being different from human love and whether we can experience divinity in love in a human relationship. Today, I say yes, uh, absolutely. There is no difference between divine love and human love. Um, There is no dichotomy. There is no binary in love. Love is love. Um, It's rare, but it's possible. Can you experience the divinity in love? Yes. This is what I refer to as the transcendence in the relationship, where you recognize, honor, the divinity, the jodes in each other, and that's when that relationship becomes sacred. Otherwise, how to, you know, and that sacredness, and then you do everything and anything for that sacredness. It's no longer that you're doing something for that other being. There is no other. It really is. to this is that sacredness that this sacredness, this this intense love has allowed you, has entered you and is allowing you to experience so much. So whatever you're doing or whatever that those that feeling that bhavna, those, those um, things that enter you, which Bani, Guru says, you want to become the dust of that of the feet of the individual, where you want to take the, the you know, the charantul and put it on yourself and adorn yourself, it all happens when that sacredness enters. There is no tension, it's just flowing, and this idea, not idea, and... The fact that you want to kiss the feet of the one you love. If you had told me 10 years back, I would say no way. But today, I say yes. That there is no other place you want to be but there. And there's nothing that you want except to be there and just be in that presence. There is... Jovi Tiki that and it's not um, it's not from a feeling of subservience, it's a feeling of richness, of that absolutely wonder of experiencing whatever I am experiencing in that presence. Um, it is, the, it is actually when that sacredness comes in um, that you experience it, and it could be. I, I'm reminded of actually. I'm reminded of, uh, it, and it's a little different about when you asked about the divinity, right? In one of Professor Singh's poems, he writes, he was out for a walk, and he encountered a woman who was preparing Gober cow dung, with a child suckling in on her breasts. And the sun was shining. And he said he had never experienced the divine until that moment, because in that moment, he saw divinity. He did not see the cow dung. He did not see anything. So even at certain moments... Uh, that when we can experience that, they could be rare, but he writes about that. And I'm always struck by that. Can I experience that? And yes, there have been moments where I have, you know, I've looked at when I've been shown something in nature, it's like, you know, your head falls and you experience that divinity, but in a relationship, and that's in a human relationship. Yes, just one thing, Jay. Because I have witnessed that in in a relationship where I have seen that. Um, And I have experienced that to a certain extent in my life in the last few years. Where the sacredness, which wasn't there, which I never experienced, is there now. So... Is it absolute? Does that, but what happens is that in that relationship, you, even in that sacredness, you want it to continue. You want it to be 24-7. You want it to be sadha. You want it to be eternal. And sometimes it isn't. It, it's something, something happens And you, and there's a shift, you know, and then you go back and say, and then the intellectual comes into it, that this is something which I adore. This is the being I adore. This is that sacredness. Why is there this tension now? What do I need to do? So there is that constant thing. So it's not sadha. Uh, it's not eternal. So, even in that sacredness, while it's there for the moment, um, it's not that eternal which Guru says, you know, that Sada Sohagarna, that she's the eternal bride, that eternal, that eternal connection, that connection, even in that depth, shifts for a bit. And I'm very conscious of that shift. And I. I don't know how to get past that or how to, I don't even want to say overcome, but it is like, why is this even entering in this relationship? Your thoughts, just one thing, Jay. Maybe you, I'm sure you will give me some words of wisdom that will help me in this.
0: Wonderful. First of all, I would like to say that I'm seeing a poet transforming into a devotee, (laughs) right, (laughs) in any core. So um, you just referred to uh, when we were talking about the attitudes that you feel you are more closer to the attitude of a lover and a friend. Now you can add the third one of a devotee (laughs) because the the experience that you have just shared is, is something of a being completely in devotion. Good. It was really amazing to hear that. Okay. Uh, when I look uh, at these words, human love and divine love, first of all, I would say there is simply love, right? When awesome. we are talking, uh, using this term maybe for a particular person or a human being in in a, in a, in a, in a limited sense, so we, we we use this human love. And when we are using this term for the divine, who is all pervasive, who is in all of us, so perhaps just to make it distinct, uh, and and we, we use this word divine love, and but still I feel uh, when we see, use this word love for a person for a human, so it is a relative in nature. When we use divine love, so that means we are using, we are referring to something absolute, something more inclusive than relative. Second, I would like to say is nature of human love is limited in its nature, hmm. physical and self-oriented, because we are all limited beings, we are all, you know, very selfish in nature and self-centered and kind of things. In the sense that uh, this human love has a greater element of love, but shorter or smaller element of devotion, maybe. On the other hand, when we uh, refer to divine love, or when we use this these terms divine love, so we are talking of limitless love. We are talking of love which is beyond physical, a, which is divine-centered. And I feel in that, we have a greater element of devotion than love. So this is how I look at them. And I agree what you said, you know, that one can experience divinity in a human relationship, provided the love is deep and heartfelt and is genuine. As as I'm reminded, you know, a very beautiful talk of Baba Faridji, uh, one of the contributors in the Guru Granth Sahib, and he says, Love has to be true and sincere, not just a display. For the heartiest love alone has value. And the talk is, muhabbat jen. We have been just referring to the word muhabbat. So he said, muhabbat jen sacheya. Is heart. Those who have love, deep love and heartfelt love, they are such they are true. And those okay. Those who have one thing in their heart that you know and and something else in their mouth like they say you know i love you but from within the heart they don't have that feeling so he said they are not true lovers they are false lovers and in the sikh history also you know just uh, uh, exploring on this human love kind of thing. We see Pai Lehna and many other examples, you know, who show that when you experience this divinity in in, in somebody like Pai Lehna, you know, seeing the divinity in Guru Nanak Pathsha, uh, you know, and that you are devoted to, there is no difference in human love and divine love. It mm. becomes one. Yes. But you are write that this situation, this state of mind, that, that this experience is difficult. That is why we see in Sikhi, we are asked to love the Shabad, the wisdom, instead of a personality, because there is also, a, a, a you can say, a possibility of, of falling into attachment of the personality rather than his uh, or their wisdom or their attributes. So this is where the principle of Shabad Guru and Satsangat, which are foundations of Sikhi, they come in. And we are reminded of Satsangat is like a collective, collectiveness. You know, a sangat, you know, where you, 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 you have all sorts of people, also exalted, also ordinary, also extraordinary. So that collectiveness makes you, makes you uh, more uh, imbued, be imbued with love be imbued with the wisdom. So I feel, you know, this is how, uh, if, if you go by the Sikhi principles, uh, of course, you can experience that human love, uh, uh, the divine love in, in humans as well. And But it is rare, as you have just said, you know, it mm. is it is hardly, you know, a, a soul like you, a poetic soul, can can, I think, feel these kind of uh, moments in life. Not everyone.
2: Yeah. You know, what you just said is so true because it's when Shabbat entered my life that I experienced love. Until then, I was a dry twig. Honestly, there was nothing there. But it was when Shabbat entered that, that beautiful um, nectar, you know, it was like the stream of nectar that went inside and made this twig blossom. It really was and is the Shabbat. Um, I mean, devotion took its time to to enter, even for me to recognize that. But I am very, very clear it is when Shabbat entered that actually life began before it was in existence. Living for me was when Shabbat entered my life. You know, just one thing, Jay, at this point, there are a couple of questions which are related to, which I wanted to ask you. Um, There is one which is from, um, I think it's Ishmeet Kaur, and she is asking, can love be experienced through yearning to meet the beloved, or is it just a pain of separation? And I think the second question is also related to that, if I may. And the second question is from Eileen Cave. So I'm saying maybe it's Eileen Kaur. Divine love is experiencing Shabbat. How can divine love and love for human be compared?
0: Okay. Um, first to, to Shemit Kaur. So I think um, what I'm going to say is my own experience or my own way I, mm-hmm. I feel it or I experience it. Yes, of course, you know, the yearning, the longing has that element of love, or rather, I see sometimes that the purity of love uh, exists in that longing and in that yearning. Mm-hmm. It is genuine. And if it is true, and in the sense, true in the sense, if it is not self-centered. So I feel, you know, I agree with with that, you know, that yearning and longing becomes uh, uh, synonymous to love. At least this is how I look at that. So it's not just, maybe, you know, it has an element of pain, but that element of pain also is like you know you can say comprised of uh, love molecules so that pain also gives you gives you strength Alrighty. that pain also gives you uh, a feel of feel of love a feel of connection so this is how yeah, I look at that
2: yeah I think I want to add something here just one thing, because this is that pull right that le- that that yearning is that pull, unless you don't have that pull, that kitsch. And then that yearning actually takes you through that journey. It doesn't really matter whether I will experience that or not. I am actually grateful for even this this yearning. Because until that, I was nothing. I didn't even know this stage. And this is one of Petaji's poems, Paisa Pai his poems, which, where Dasme Pacha goes into the jamuna to bathe. And then jamuna says, did he bathe in me or did I bathe in him? And she goes then looking for him all over. And she goes to the you know, to the sannyasis and the yogis, and she goes, travels to the ethers. Where is he? Where is he? She asks for everyone. And they all tell her, and I'm using the word her because that's, Gemini is her in this poem. And they all tell her, he is no more. He is no longer here. He is no longer here, but we are here. And she says, I don't want you. I only want him. And if that was my experience of him, that yearning for him to come back and bathe in me or I in him, I will wait for that for the rest of my life. I'm prepared. That is a gift. So, Jira, that yearning has become a gift. So that... And that yearning, in, when it begins, it begins with an intense pain. There's literally a burning. And then there is uh, then there is a steadiness. And then at the last stage is, oh, I don't even know what it is, but then there is that stage of gratitude. Thank God for this yearning, because without this yearning, I would have been nothing. So even this pain has this element of growth in it. And this pain has that element of getting to the place of shukar and gratitude where you grow. So it's not just pain. That's pain allows you to grow and allows you to blossom and bloom as hard as it is. And I and I would say I probably don't wish this pain on anyone, and yet I do. Because in that pain, you... Because when that seed has to blossom, it has to push so hard against the earth. And it's that pain of pushing through and that that seed blossoms. So, if you can look at that pain as that pushing of that seed for that, for that beautiful seed to blossom, maybe that would be easier. I know I went long-winded, but it just spoke so closely to my own uh, journey that I shared this with with the Kor, and you, just one Sangji. But let's take the second question: Divine love is experiencing Shabbat. How can divine love and love for human be compared?
0: I think uh, what we said, you know we we are not trying to compare both, and we have I have already said, you know human love is limited in its nature and self-oriented most of the times, mm-hmm. whereas the divine love is unlimited. So in that case, I mean we are not comparing, and it is it, it can't be really compared, but we are just seeing that when you when you feel that divine love, How can you experience, how can you relate that divine love in yourself with the humans around you? Because when the mani says, see the divine or feel the divine in everyone, so in a way it is asking you uh, the love and devotion that you have within you for the divine or for the guru to expand that devotion and love and see that love manifesting through everyone. So we were just trying to you know delve into this not in any way comparing or saying you know that they become uh, absolutely one Thank you mm-hmm.
2: So then there's another question from Amar um, and amar asks why is it difficult to define the word love
0: <laughs> why it is difficult to define
2: to define the word love okay Kiki <laughs> Tusi is four letter. Alphabet's which like yeah, okay. How I don't know how to define that, it's, it's it's a feeling, it's a heady, it's a feeling, but there's much more. I mean, the English word of love, L-O-V, does not capture what you and I have spoken about. Does so just one Ji?
0: Absolutely. I think I mean anything which is related to your emotions, which is related to your heart, you know, something mm-hmm. within so express that feeling and that emotion that experience in words is always hard and to put it just into one word is definitely much harder than that because this love you know as we have seen has forms of friendship of kindness of care of concern you know so many things of intimacy of, of 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 you know so many other things so putting all those things uh, into one word, <laughs> so this is where you know it is. It is hard to define that. How do you define what is that love? Even I mean, if you ask somebody, what is love? So it's very hard to to uh, uh, define this in one or two words because love is a feeling. It's an emotion which has then so many manifestations in in practical life. Mm. That's what I think.
2: Yeah. So there's another question. Um, And this was from Pratpal Singh. How can we develop feeling of devotion into permanence when it comes to us naturally in Sahaj? So I think that was what I was talking about, Ki, you know, even in that sacredness, that feeling that shifts just one thing, you know. So how, what is it that we can do for this feeling to continue? What should we? I would love to hear that. That's a great question. Thank you, Pratpal for, for asking that question.
0: <laughs> I think uh, it reminds me of a talk in Japji Sahib Gaviye Man Manrakiye Pao. And Pao is love. Mm-hmm. So maybe this talk helps us that, you know, being connected with Gurbani that is literally singing Gurbani, listening to Gurbani. You know, it's like being in connection with with Gurbani in in whatever ways it is possible. So that helps you to cherish this uh, devotion, this love. And because otherwise, you know, we are engaged throughout the time. I mean, like out of 24 hours at least, 18 hours or so or maybe you know into into the world into family into stuff and tasks and things we do so we are going to forget right so that is why in sikhi satsangat and gurbani and naam and simran and siva these these are the things so i think uh, all these things you know uh maybe in 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 very short uh, periods of time you know whenever and as they are applicable to you and as as you can do them. So I think they, they help a lot. They give you the reminders. And because throughout the Bani, whichever Bani mm. you read, they're going to be the words of love, of devotion, of immersion, of frame. Just in Japji Sahib, the word love is used multiple times.
1: Mm.
0: You know, at one place, the Guru Sahib tells us, if you ask a question, what is the language of the divine? So he says, love is the language of the divine. So I mean, uh, being uh, closer to Gurbani, being continually being connected with the Gurbani will help you definitely, helps us to delve more into this devotion and love Mm. and make it stronger and make it continue. Yeah. You know, that's what says,
2: those who love, they experience their divine. I mean, for me, this is such a powerful line. It's so clear. It's not those who have courage, not those who have an intellectual understanding. It's those who love. And one does not need to go to a school to learn how to love. There's no degree needed. So why love? Is it just with the, you know, I mean, it's, is it just with the ones we like or is it with everyone? Is it just with human beings or is it with the entire creation? What is this power? What is this love that enables us or takes us to experience the ultimate reality, the one, the prabh, the, you know, that vastness? What is this love?
0: Um, yes, I think you're right. What When you said, you know, the Dasampathsha, the tenth guru, he has used this talk, Ki uh, Kiyotin Hi prabhupayo one of his Swayas, and there basically this Swaya, this is, is is referring to um, the ritual practices that people have been doing in those times and still continue doing, and he says These ritual practices are not going to help you to experience the divine. It is love and devotion for the divine that should flow from your heart. Mm -hmm. And then whatever you do, you know, in whichever way you you try to connect with the divine, if you have love, deep-rooted love for the divine, if you have that devotion, that will help you to, to connect, that will help you to experience and we see that that is why maybe uh, throughout the Guru Granth Sahib, these elements of love and devotion, they continue alongside truth, wisdom, righteousness, contentment, and many other, other attributes that we see in Gurbani. And you have rightly said, you know, it has nothing to do with being educated or not. Like one of the Tukk in Guru Granth Sahib by Guru Arjan Pathsha, you know, say, Jo Prani Govind hai." It, it doesn't matter, you know, if somebody is educated or uneducated. What matters is how much focus, love, devotion, and remembrance of the divine you have within your heart. That matters. And if that is there, then that is enough to liberate you, to provide you freedom. Mm-hmm. So this is how I look at these things, you know. And this is how I see that talk, you know, that you had referred to, Kiyo Rather, if you see in the Gurbani, you know, we are most of the times asking uh, whether we do a path, or whether we do ardas or a prayer,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: how should we do? What is the method? We are more interested in, in knowing the methods. Is there a specific method of doing this thing? And you will be su- su- surprised to hear you know, that throughout Guru Granth Sahib, there's no method as such mentioned in the Gurbani. If at all, the Guru Sahib tells us any method. What method? So he says, method is love. Method is that you should recite it. You, you, you should sing it from the heart. That's the method. So this is where you know this Genprem cue comes in, that whatever you are doing in the name of religion, as a as your daily practice, as your net name, as your part, as your barney, whatever, if it lacks love, if it lacks devotion, it is incomplete. If it doesn't at least you know I used to say this that at least when you're doing your part, maybe for ten minutes for twenty minutes, if during those 10 or 20 minutes you did not realize or experience or at least felt some divine presence, then don't expect that you will you will feel it later on. Because that's the moment, that's the time, maybe just five minutes, maybe just 10 minutes. When you're doing, when you're sitting there, that must enable you to feel that presence. And that comes when you do it through love and through devotion, at least this is how I look at it.
2: You know, when you were speaking, I think for me there was—I um, was thinking of Baba um, Deep Singh and Pai Mani Singh. You know, I look at them, and hearing, listening to what you were saying, it just is. They were so deeply in love. I mean they They were immersed in that love. And I think it, it's when you're immersed in that love, then that stage of Balehar, right? It it was it's natural. I'm not quite sure. Um I mean, if I do I dare to even say. This was their ishq. Because for this ishq, for this beloved of theirs, for whatever it was, they did everything and gave up everything. I mean, listening to you and then this flush, you know, I just had this flashback and this is what Pai money and Pai Babadeep in because those are figures for me, which are important figures for me, for different, you know, at different because who they are, and I've been reading their, their life history, the little that I know, have always, like, why? And then listening to you, they were immersed. I'm convinced, oh, Range that's Rang. They were dyed in this color, and then which enabled them to do what they did.
0: Absolutely. And this reminds me of a, another beautiful talk from Gurbani, just to connect what you have said. Um, at the one hand, we hear this talk, you know, mm-hmm. Surah right. Sura is a warrior, right? He is the warrior. He is a warrior who fights in the battlefield. So this is one aspect of it. On the other hand, the Gurbani also tells us, har rang lago is mein. So kahiyat hai sura. So Harirang is, as you have just said, love, color of love. Those who are immersed, imbued with the color of love, they are the true warriors. Mm -hmm. And when we look at Baba Deep Singh, Pai Mani Singh and many others such warriors in the Sikh history, I mean, they are mesmerizing. Their stories are so fascinating. They tell us in true sense, in, in, in practice, That how do you fall in love and how do you rise in love? I see them, they've fallen in love with the Guru and they rose to the extent that nothing, nothing was, you know, there that they were afraid of, whether it is life or death or whatever. And the inspiration they receive for these ultimate acts of valor they did, they performed during their lives. This comes from Shabbat. This comes from Gurbani. You might be aware that Guru Nanak Patshah, the founder of Sikhi, he, he reveals this beautiful line, Jaw to prem khelan ka jau. Mm-hmm. Prem is love. And he says, if you desire to play the game of love with me, if you want to establish love with me, the Guru Nanak is asking, the seekers, us, the disciples, Jaw to prem khelan ka jau. So what should you do? He says, this is what you need to do. Gali Miriyav. Then step onto my path with your head on your palm. So this is the ultimate step: love, devotion, surrender, and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So this is Guru Nanak. And 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 not, not, not just the Guru Nanak, you know. In the same vein, I see his successor, Guru Angas Pasha, also saying the same thing in different words he says jis is another term for pyar snake. the one you have love with jis tis mar if need be you must die for him wow mm. and he gives the logic why why should one do this he says because sansar taake to turn away from the one you love and exist is to live a worthless life in this world. Yes. So look at, you know, how deeply they, they see this element of love and devotion when we see in guru, in Gurbani and in, in the lives of the, the, the Gurus themselves. Another talk uh, I'm reminded of is again from Baba Farid. He also uses very similar connotations, very similar messages with different words. He says, joban na darang, je preet, na preet is love, intense love. That I am not afraid of losing my youth as long as I do not lose my love, my devotion. Why? And he says, he explains in the next line, Faridha, because many youths. Without love, have dried up and withered away. So I don't care if my youth also goes away. What I care is, I care for love. Yes, I pray. I care for devotion. And there's another pagat. You just mentioned the beginning pagat ravidas. If you ask him, what's your opinion? What are your thoughts on this? So he says, you know, yeah. He says, I fully agree. He says, What happened? Doesn't matter. If my body wither's away. What matters is love. That your devotee is bothered only if he loses your love, O Divine. So whether it is youth, it is body, it is life, whatever, you know. Look at them. What they bother is, they bother for love. They bother for devotion. That in any case, I must not lose this. So this also tells us, you know, the intensity that these people, the contributors in the Guru Granth Sahib and in the Sikh history from Baba Deep Singh onwards, they had, like this love for them was life. It was so deep rooted in them. That throughout their lives they lived, when they lived, they were immersed into it. And if ultimately there was time to give up life for that, for that love, the Guru, they gave it. And they gave it like, you know, again, they celebrated that, that giving yes. as well. Yes. yes. Yeah. Thank you.
2: It's, it is a celebration.
0: Thank you for asking, thank you for asking this
1: question.
2: <laughs> no, it, it, it is a celebration because to see you're not doing it for yourself. It's not even you. You have no choice. There is no option. I mean, I love the what Pacha uh, has said. If you desire to play the game of love with me, then step onto the, my path with the head on your palm. Yes, this is a game of love, just one thing for you, no question. It's a game that demands all, once all and then some. And, you know, in the West, because I have grown up in the West, we, we talk about love, but we don't talk about devotion. This element of devotion, we don't even hear them together. Why is that?
0: Can you, can you repeat your question?
2: I said in the West, you know, yeah. we talk about love. We know about that. I come from, you know, that I'm not educated in the in in the East. We talk about love, but devotion. We never, we at least I have never associated or come across that in love there was there's also a devotional element. Why is that?
0: I mean, it is hard to respond to this question why it is, but maybe what I think, and as we have discussed in the very beginning, the word love in English is related to somewhere desire and greed. So it is very limited in its connotation, right? And if you look at the root root word from Latin, Mm lubier, so that still means to please. So, looks like you know that this here love means having a desire from, from the one you love, some expectations there. There is some element of greed, and there is some sense of pleasing someone. So, to me, maybe this is one of the reasons. Whereas the terms used in Gurubani or in Indic culture, Prem, Pyar, Ishk, Muhabbat, number one is they look at the variety of terms used there. And, and as we have seen in Gurbani, love and devotion used together. Mm. So maybe this might be the reason that culturally in, mm. yes. in Eastern culture, when you say love and true love is only considered when it has the element of devotion. Until this is there, it is like a not that, that sort of it's the raw love, you can say, which can be broken, which can be lost. But when devotion comes in, it, it becomes permanent. It becomes stronger. That may be one of the reasons, I think. Mm. I
2: know in, in in one of your conversations, in one of just, you had brought up the word and it stuck with me, the word surrender in this game of love, right? Uh, there is that surrender element that, must, that enters in this pyar, in this whatever, and it's a feeling. But surrender, when you look at it in the English connotation, in the Western connotation, it's a feeling of defeat. It's waving up the white flag. But in Gurbani, the surrender is not defeat. This surrender is so beautiful. So I'd love for you to share with our audience and with me the depth of this word and what it carries with it, that it's not a negation. I mean, when I translate and when I write about uh, surrender, I always write loving hyphen surrender, because otherwise the word surrender by itself is ominous. It's it's like, it scares people. Why do I have to surrender? Why do I have to lose my individuality? Because we are so still eye-focused. And yet everything that I have experienced and everything that I have read It is Jatthak or I doesn't leave you unless that surrender doesn't happen. That journey doesn't begin.
0: Wonderful. Um, I think when I look at these words, especially the surrender, um, I don't see that I'm losing something or I'm being defeated. Maybe because I'm coming from uh, the gurbani perspective when i am i'm looking more into into those kind of things so in the gurbani this surrender is is a willing surrender mm-hmm. it is not for the sake of the other right it is not the uh, uh, the someone else wants me to surrender mm-hmm. like in the case of guru if i surrender so i know this surrender is going to liberate me this surrender is a great going to grace me with the love of the guru. This surrender is going to make me much closer, more closer to the guru. So I mean, in in gurbani, from the gurbani perspective, this is the connotation there. This is the feeling, right? That, that this surrender is not not going to make you feel low. This mm. is going to feel higher. This is going to feel like you are now in the lap of the guru. Mm. So maybe. Uh, because of this different cultural connotation of surrender, right? So here, like, surrender is, surrendering to the Guru is like completely, you know, being in love. And that is where actually you be, you you say that you are completely devoted to the Guru. Mm. So devotion to the Guru, like, I mean, see, throughout the Sikh history, whether it is the uh, day of the Khalsa, or, Sajana, or whatever, you know, so, so asking for the head, asking for surrender is a very common, it's very cultural part. And the people are willing to do that. There's, there's no hesitation at all. Maybe now this agi- hesitation has come, come in, in our lives that we, we think of why surrender and why submit. Maybe we are not aware that what this surrender is going to provide us. So this surrender is going to give us eternal freedom. <laughs> This surrender is going to to, to yes. grace us with the Guru's love. So if you see this, I think then then it becomes natural. Then mm-hmm. you do it willingly. Right. And, and, and that is why in Sikhi, you know, the death is also a celebration. Yes. Because it's not defeat. Yes. It's victory. True, true.
2: Yep. You know, just one thing, G. I'm looking at the time, and yet I'm seeing all the questions also there. So I think we'll take one last question, and then I'll ask. Then I'll ask for your closing thoughts. And you may want to answer this because I don't know how to answer this. But but I'm going to ask the question. Have the panelists witnessed divine love in human relationship? Please describe what you saw. Behavior. Why is that?
0: Um, can you repeat again, please?
2: Hanji, have yep. the panelists witnessed divine love in human relationships? Please describe what you saw, what behavior, I guess, they want to know. And this question is asked by Pritpal Singh. So have you witnessed divine love in a human relationship, just once,
0: Um, I think you have already shared your experience about that, right, that you have experience and do you did experience that and when i look into my own life so i also see you know there were many such people around my life those who helped me to grow into sikhi and if not in fullness i do realize i do see that i experienced i saw and I had that feeling of divine love, maybe it was uh, 70%, 80% compared to 100%, you know. So I saw those things. Uh, in, in the sense, you know, when we read Gurbani, so we come across so many virtues, so many attributes, and then we look around. Uh, where do we find these virtues being practiced? Right, Gurbani ask you to be completely content ask you to be completely truthful, to be virtuous, to be patient. Are they people, those who are living these these virtues in life? So at least I was blessed to be in the company of those, uh, not to particularly name anyone. They were very ordinary people, whether they were working with me, some of them were my colleagues, my seniors, and some of them from my relatives. So I did notice and I did see that, yes, here I can see this, what is always being cheerful in the will. When we say, So I saw those things in people, that whether it is a very difficult time or whatever, one of them, you know, I always remember, always used to use this talk, And and he he, he meant it when he said it. And when you look at his life, he was a very ordinary person. That he may not be oh, very much into the Bani as we see, you know, or or someone else. But he used to use this talk always. Jiva jiv, koigalni, ho, ho jiv, jiv, hukam, So, when you, I mean, when I noticed those kind of things, so that made me think this is what the Gurbani asked us to 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 be like, this is what it means to have that experience of divine love and devotion in your life.
1: Yeah. Yes. It's,
2: thank you for sharing that. I mean, it's. Um, there have been plenty of people in my life where I've been able to have that, those glimpses and yearn to be like them and I can say it was starting with my grandfather, with my dadajui, I and mean, it was like there was a presence about him, just one thing Jui, that he entered. he would enter a room and there would be silence. And it was not a silence of fear. This was a silence of tremendous respect and something he carried with him. And he barely spoke. He barely spoke. But as a child... You know, I would witness that. And then when, when I was in turmoil, it was like, what do I really want? And it was his image that flashed. That's, I didn't know what it was. I said, that's what I want, what he had. Much later on, I re- realized what it was. So there's definitely people around you that carry this grace, this divinity, are we willing to look for it? Do we have the eyes to look for it? Can we absorb that? That's the question. It's been an incredible hour and a half with you, 90 minutes just one thing. G. And before we end the session, I'd love, you know, are there any thoughts, closing thoughts, parting words? What? I mean, you've been just, you know, You're a treasure house. Wisdom has just been flowing. I know from the comments that I've been reading how that the audience has really been um, grateful uh, for your wisdom and guidance. And they've been saying they've been enjoying the way you've been relating everything back to Barney. And so thank you for that. And I knew you would do that because that's who you are but your parting words before we end, close the session.
0: Thank you so much, Niji, for having me here. And secondly, thank you to the audience Um, because it's the audience which makes us to delve through, to have research, more research, to reflect, to think. And I think the all thanks, the credit goes to really to the audience because we are aware that the Sikri's audience is very wiser and very interested and really deep into these things. That helps us to be well in advance, be, be prepared. So thank you everyone uh, for being there. And thank you, Iniji. And before we close, I would really like to have a, a few more words. Um, number one is, um, so uh, as a closing remark, about love and devotion, I would say. To me, uh, both of these words, both of these elements, both of these experiences are, I would say, finest things to cherish in life. Mm. And they they stretch your heart. They make you bigger. They make you bolder than before. And these are the words when practiced uh, genuinely will take you to the path of happiness and contentment but the question remains is how do we experience them how do we experience this love and devotion so when i delve into the, this that how do you really you know is it is it through your own effort or how so i think two two things comes into my mind one is that reminds me of a of a quote which says maybe love is like a luck you have to go all the way to find it. And what I mean to say is, in Guru Ramdas Pathshah's words, that this love, he says, comes through grace. As, as you know, so here the, you can replace the luck with grace. So the Bani, the talk says, Pao, Pao, Preet, Nanak, Tisah, Lakai. Pao and Preet. And there's another word, Pao, that is reverence this reverence, this devotion, this love, this is received by the one, to whom you grace. So this is the one thing that we need to seek all the time. And to seek that grace or feel that grace, there's another clue from the Gurbani that I would like to end. And that is something to say, demand nothing and give up everything the one you love. You can't buy it, you can't have it, this love, with any amount of wealth, riches, beauty or force. It needs complete surrender. And there is a beautiful sloka by Guru Arjan Pathshah in Guru Granth Sahib, which refers to a mythological story and says, samman Joy prem ki. The word prem, remember? <laughs> so mm-hmm. Dham is money and saat is exchange. If one could exchange or earn this love with money so he says remember Raman so you remember Raman the king of Lanka Silon who was one of the most powerful king and most powerful rich rich person, and whose capital city Lanka was said to be made in gold. The guru says he wasn't a poor person. He has so much wealth. He was so much rich. But remember, the story goes that to earn the love of his deity, Lord Shiva, he could have given gold. He could have given wealth and money and so many other things. Or he could have earned that love, you know, through force, through power. He couldn't. What he has to do was, he has to offer his head 11 times, it is said, before he earned love of Lord Shiva. So, Raman Hote So Rankane, Jen sir So, I would like to say this, you know, two words grace, and then this is giving your head. That is surrender, that is complete devotion. So, lastly, I would say, Let us continue seeking grace and striving for this love and devotion. If we continue constantly with faith, with trust, the day will come when we will savour these sublime elements of love and devotion. Just stay there and stay in view. Thank you. I
2: mean, that was exquisite. I have no words. It's. You know, you talk about grace, and it's everything. And when I know we say we're all graced, and I believe that we're all graced, we may not recognize it, but it's when you feel that grace, and when you can say, I'm living the life, in grace, with grace, in the presence, with the present, that is feeling living in that presence, that love and devotion, just flows. Jisvan just Sanji, I cannot even begin to thank you so much for this incredible 90 minutes. Um, it's truly been an honor and a privilege to be here with you, and I know... I know deeply that the audience has really enjoyed it. And if I may be so bold enough to say, uh, I will ask you to come back to to have another session. And if the audience has some topic they want to to discuss with just one Ji, I'd be happy to take all your suggestions because we want him back here. So, um, Manvinder, if you would like to come back on and... Uh,
1: tell us what the next stage of the closing of the webinar is? Definitely, thank you so much. I I echo what's already been shared. I think the chat has been very lovely. Um, It's nice to see everyone engaging um, and sharing their insights. This is a lovely way to start my Saturday morning. Um, Again, on behalf of Sikri, I thank Inikor, Dr. Jaswant Singh, and our e-sangat today. Thank you all for tuning in and spending time with us. I know our chat was very lively, um, so I apologize for those questions that were not addressed due to our time constraints. You're more than welcome to ask those questions on our Twitter or our Facebook page, and we'll be sure to post our replies. Um, To give you a little bit of a sneak peek into what's coming on our social media this week, we have Thursday Thoughts, where we get to know uh, Banda Singh Bahadur through the writings of Dr. Ganda Singh. Uh, I also know that uh, in the lead up to Vaisakhi, we're going to be sharing 13 inspirational videos uh, and just to acknowledge again that Dr. Singh is here, who is leading the Guru Granth Sahib project. I have linked um, our website, GuruGranthSahib.io, and next week we will be releasing the nine Shabbats of Guru Tegh Bahadurji in Raghuri. As always, a recording of this webinar will be available within 24 hours. Again, thank you so much everyone for joining in. Uh, today's webinar will be ending now.
0: You are listening to SickCast by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path.